Okay, any questions? It's, it's, uh, it's, I've got different lists, uh, one from my Bible study group over there. Uh, but if you call out a question, that'll make it more fun, wouldn't it? Yes. How do you uh, respond to a non-believer who says to us, uh, well, I'm not a believer, so I'm not predestined, so that's it. If you're not a believer, then you cannot know whether you are or you are not predestined. This can't know. And so I would still say to him or her, you have the responsibility to hear the message of Jesus and to respond in repentance and, and faith. Uh, you can't use it as an excuse. Well, God no, has not chosen me because you don't know that God has not chosen you. Yes, they have a will that they need to make a decision. Um, and so as we challenge them to consider the gospel message, we're still praying to God that God will be at work in them. Other questions? Yes? Um, I agree, but I start with one question. If God has Okay, if um, if we got predestined, then why bother to evangelize? I think the answer comes in Ephesians chapter 1, if you can open that, uh, it won't hurt us at all. Uh, chapter 1, and in verse 13 and 14, it says that in him, in Christ, you also, when you heard of the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Notice that we who become Christians, how do we become Christians? By hearing the word of truth, that is the gospel of our salvation. That is, although he spent uh, you know, half a chapter talking about predestination, it is still the gospel message that God uses to call his elect, his predestined home back to him. And so the evangelism, the preaching of the gospel to others, is God's chosen means to bring the elect back to himself. In fact, predestination gives us an encouragement to evangelize. See, if God didn't predestine anyone, then who would respond positively to the gospel? Nobody. Right, because we saw like yesterday that we are all, as humanity, under sin, under the slavery of sin. Uh, we, will, we won't re- respond positively. But that God has chosen some out there, we don't know who, but that God has chosen some gives me encouragement to speak the message of the gospel. Because that is God's power of salvation uh, to bring that elect home. So uh, predestination is not a discouragement to evangelism, it's actually a great encouragement to evangelism. Other questions before Simpson fires his other two? (laughs) Yep. There's one question from the group who says that as a Christian, after we have Yes, how do you know you're chosen? If you're not a Christian, you cannot know. How do you know if as a Christian we are? Well, the fact that we are Christian. 
I don't mean just, you know, wearing the BTPC t-shirt or camp shirt or uh, being born necessarily in a Christian family, but if we are those who've genuinely come to trust in Jesus and have handed our life over to Jesus as our King and Lord, then, in other words, become a Christian, then the only way we've come to that state, that position, is because God is the one who's been at work in me. And so the Christian knows that he is predestined because that's the only way he's become a Christian. And so the way that the writers of the New Testament write to us is uh, as a pastor who seeks to encourage us, now now that you are Christian and know that God is the one who's done it and God is the one who will carry you to the very end. Keep trusting in God. Follow-up questions? Okay. How does knowing that we are chosen change our view of success as we started to success after that change of How does knowing that we are chosen affect our view of success? What I tried to say yesterday is God has chosen us from the very beginning and he's chosen us for an inheritance which is a hope, a future certainty uh, when Jesus comes again. And so whatever we think about success in this life must be seen in the light of that eternity. And so... Some things which we think are very important uh, suddenly uh, fade into almost insignificance. Right? Uh, as some of the hymns go, you know, the, the things of the world grow strangely dim as we uh, think about eternity. Uh, the rest of Ephesians will uh, also spell out for us what are the things in this life where we have to live life in this world, what are the decisions in this life, what are the, uh, the ways in which God will see what is successful. And his angle on success uh, is at times very different to ours. And so, for example, uh, it's not you know whether I'm the best in my field, that is an important thing, but whether I'm someone who is godly in however I do my work, that is the important thing to God. Because eternity uh, is, that, is what it's about, and God has chosen us, predestined us, so that we'll be holy and blameless in his sight. So to be holy uh, are the important things, to be godly, rather than the success that our world keeps on uh, imposing on us in terms of its criteria. Other questions? Yes. From father to daughter, is it? <laughs> you sure it's not his question? <laughs> yeah, what about the whole idea of uh, people who backslide or even uh, maybe even further, some people who... Um, may so backslide so much that they uh, reject the gospel and uh, and just say, for for example, pass away in that state. It's not just a theoretical question; it's it's a personal question. 
because I'm sure we know of uh, friends and even family who who were once with us in church and seem to be so uh, you know involved and yet later on have uh, backslidden, etc. I think backsliding is different from falling away. Right? And so some people can uh, backslide or cannot progress, uh, but that doesn't mean they've fallen away. If you're going to ask me the question in terms of a black box, what's actually happening to them? You know, out of a black box, you know, certain people lose their aeroplanes and uh, we want to find the black box to find out what exactly happened uh, in the in the disaster. Um, if you were to ask in terms of black box kind of question, what is really going on? Now, did that person really become a Christian if he's fallen away, etc.? Then I think the answer that the Bible gives is God is the one who's chosen, predestined us, and he will carry us to the very end. And so Vision chapter 1 yesterday, um, the fact that the Spirit is given to us as the guarantee, as the deposit of our inheritance in the future. And so on, the, on that basis, uh, you cannot be predestined by God and then drop out. We don't drop in and out of salvation. God is the one who holds us to the very end. Uh, also in 1 John chapter 2, around about verse 17 or so, there was a group of uh, people in the church, uh, maybe even leaders, who had left the church and left the teaching of the apostles. And uh, John writes to those who are uh, remaining at the church and saying to them, look, don't worry about those who have left. Right? They uh, were not really of us. If they were of us, they would not have left us. Right? That is, uh, if people in the end uh, reject the teaching of the apostles, then they never were those who were genuine Christians. And so those those things help you answer black box kind of question. The trouble is, uh, sometimes we are distracted by that black box kind of question, distracted from what the writers of the New Testament uh, are really trying to do. And the writers of the New Testament are not just trying to write theology, you know, sitting in their desk and you know playing with ideas. Uh, they are really pastors who are seeking to help people in, in the churches. And so he writes to the Ephesians, to, to the Christians that are there in the church, and he addresses them as a pastor to help them to keep going as Christians. In the Bible, there's two kind of pastoral advice. One is, God is sovereign, trust him, because he can carry you to the end. The other one is, watch out lest you fall. God's sovereignty, human responsibility, both of those things are true. And so at times, for example, in Hebrews chapter 6 or even 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and 10, uh, there's a warning against falling away. Can a Christian fall away? Yes, he can. Will a Christian fall away? No, he won't, because in the end God will carry him to the end. But we mustn't think, oh, once a Christian, always a Christian, because that kind of slogan is too trite. Uh, it's, it's, it can be just as used as an excuse to say, oh, well, once a Christian, always a Christian, therefore I don't have to care about anything. Once a Christian, always a Christian, leaves out an important factor, namely God. Right? Ephesians 1 is not saying once a Christian, always a Christian. Ephesians 1 is saying God is the one who's enabled you to be a Christian, and God is the one who will keep you to the very end. You can trust God. 
The warning passages are trying to aim towards the same result. The warning passages say, "You got to make sure you keep trusting. If you stop trusting, watch out lest you fall." It's trying to get you to trust God. Ephesians kind of sovereignty encouragement passages are trying to say, "God can do it. He can carry you to the very end." Therefore, you can trust God. Right? They're not at odds with one another. The warning passages and the encouragement ones are actually working together, but from a slightly different angle. In fact, the reason um, it's different kinds of people. You know, some some people are so sensitive to their their, their sin. You know, oh no, I'm not sure if I'll make it as a Christian. You know, I struggle with this, and I I ask for forgiveness, and how do I know I'll remain a Christian for the next you know 50 years? The message is, God is the one who will keep you. It's not just up up to you, right? It's God's decision. God will carry you. You can trust him to do all things to uh, bring you to the final end. Uh, The final end, not bad end, but good end. Other Christians would say, oh, well, never mind, you know, I can do whatever I like. Somehow God will call me back. I'll just sin now and, and, you know, see what happens. Well, that person needs the other message, watch out lest you fall. And so uh, the Bible addresses us in in, uh, the two different ways. In fact, the warning passages are one of the ways in which God uses to keep us as Christians. It's it's God's word of warning. And so both things uh, keep coming into play. Maybe one last question. Yes, yes. His question for me that they stumble most of us. What difference, if any, that Jesus' first and second coming have on your timeline? Okay, the question at the end of discussion questions about the, the timeline with the 2015 date. Um, it's trying to help us to see beyond this life. And so usually uh, we put on the timeline, you know, we get through school, we get past that, that part of school, that part of school, we get to university, we get to our first job, and we follow our career path, and then um, we get you know, stable, and then we find boyfriend, girlfriend, then we you know put down the, the name with the HDB flat, then we get married and get the HDB flat, hopefully at the same time, and then what? And then you, you have children, and then what? Well, then your children go back through this, right? They go... Uh, through all the studies, it's trying to help us to see um, that at the end of all that, uh, we we will end up dying. Right? That that's the lot for all of us. Uh, that this life is only actually that small compared to the whole of eternity. Now, uh, uh, Pastor Andrew Ong was saying to me yesterday, he uh, heard, he read about how, you know, the space is so big, you know. If our solar system is a coin here, then the next, <laughs> next sun, have you heard about this illustration? Then the next sun is up there in, you know, Ipo or something like that. Right, and so, uh, now, 
that's true. It's true in terms of space, distance, but it's also true in terms of time, right? From eternity to eternity. And um, we only live, you know, at best 80, you know, if you're lucky, 90 years. What's 90 over infinity? It's not much, right? You know, do the great mathematician. Right. And so at one point, yes, we are a little speck in the whole universe, but also our life is so little in, in the whole of eternity. However, Jesus' death and resurrection is the turning point of all that history. And his coming again is the other turning point. And so we happen, we, we, we're so lucky, we happen, not lucky, but I don't believe in luck, uh, we are so fortunate, we don't believe in fortune either, uh, we are so blessed that we are New Testament Christians. After the death and resurrection of Jesus and before his coming again, now we have the revelation, the mystery, the secret. Uh, we know the whole story. We are in that, you know, 2,000 years so far period where we know where the whole thing is going. And so what we do in this life, although it's so small in terms of the time expanse of eternity, it actually matters and we know the meaning of all that we do. And so all that we do in this life in pleasing God matters. And hopefully uh, in the two talks today we'll find out how church fits into that, that eternity that God has planned. And hopefully uh, my hope and prayer is that that will start shifting uh, our view of life, maybe our decisions in what we do in life, uh, maybe even day-to-day decisions, maybe you know how we treat church and, and each other uh, because we see what God is doing in the big sweep of history and then where we fit in. Hand back to Wayne.